Are you an investigative professional? Did you know you can find the best private investigator resources using investigatorstoolbox.com? This resource community was built exclusively for licensed investigators and investigative professionals. You can network directly with members, educate yourself through free webinars and blogs, and even create your own customizable research library. Membership starts for as little as 49 cents a day. Download the Investigators Toolbox app or visit our webpage at www.investigators-toolbox.com. Is a good case management system keeping you from taking your business to the next level? Crosstracks is the premier case management system for the investigative community. They're the only SOC 2 certified case management software available. Visit Crosstracks.com, tell them you're a listener, and save even more. Get a plan in place for the new year to grow your business to the next level. Welcome to PI Perspectives. Today we welcome Illinois investigator Dean Gluth. Dean's one of the few investigators in the country that specialize in debugging. In this episode, you'll get a little taste of how this technology works. So listen up and listen in. Let's welcome Dean Gluth and your host, private investigator, Matt Spare. And welcome everyone to this week's episode of PI Perspective. This is Matt Spare, your host. Today, I am very honored to welcome a friend of mine, someone I've known for a while. We've served on a, a few boards together and uh, we're talking debugging today with Dean Galuth. Dean, how are you? I'm excellent, Matt. Thank you. Yeah, Honored to be with you here today on PI Perspective. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. I, I've been uh, wanting to chat with you for a bit. So uh, you are the debugging expert. It's something that not a lot of people in our industry do. I feel like more and more are trying to get into it, but it's definitely a commitment. Uh, you uh, have Infomax, right? That's your your parent company. It's an investigation company. You're, you're up in um, Illinois, Indiana, and Wisconsin, I think, right? That's correct. Our office is in suburban Chicago. Okay. So tell me a little bit about, about your background. How did you get into the business? Well, I uh, went to uh, Western Illinois University and studied law enforcement administration and justice. I always wanted to be a cop and uh, did that uh, schooling. And after school, you know, then you take the psychological exams and you take all those applications and physical tests. And uh, that went on for about three or four years. Well, in the meantime, I had landed a security job for retail security. I worked for Neiman Marcus and Montgomery Ward, which now is gone. Right. My local company here in the Midwest called Madigan Brothers. And uh, I was the regional, I was loss prevention manager. And then uh, we, we, controlled you know the floor for shoplifters but primarily my job as a manager was investigating internal theft and employee losses yeah and uh, we had a good run there but i did that for 10 years basically spent the last six years of my 10 years in retail trying to figure out how to get out of it <laughs> right so nice i i was going to try anything at that point because uh by, by that point, I was probably making 50 grand a year as, as a retail loss prevention manager. And then I did land one police job for a north suburban town up here near Chicago. And the starting salary at that point in 1985 was $22,000. Uh, so my, my wife at the time and I, had we had school loans, both of us from college. We had car notes. We just had a baby. And uh, to take the pay cut from from almost 50 grand to 22 was not in the cards. And uh, actually then I looked for another job and luckily found a 
investigative company looking for an investigator. And, and uh, even though, again, that took a pay cut, I knew that this was the path to follow yeah. and uh, landed that job where I had to get two years experience working full-time for him before I could then take the private detective exam in Illinois. Based on my college degree, I only needed two years of experience. And uh, so that happened in 1995, passed the test my first time, which if anybody knows anything about Illinois, is one of the hardest PI tests in the country to take and pass. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, in Illinois, that's a, a sad fact that we have a 93% so <laughs> first-time fail rate, and, yeah. um, and I passed that. So. Uh, we started InfoMax Investigations in 1985 and uh, got the Indiana, Wisconsin licenses added on to that. Nice. And uh, we primarily for about 20 years specialized in workers' comp surveillance. Mm-hmm. And at one time we were uh, pretty big, probably handling 50 cases a month. We had five full-time investigators doing full-time surveillances and uh, an office manager and a marketing director and a business development manager. And and then, uh, then in 2008, everything changed and the economy, economy went down and so did my business. And we lost one client after another. And then a lot of uh, TPAs and insurance companies decided to go in-house and develop their own in-house investigators. So I lost a client Seemed, seemed like every other month I was losing a major client and I had to lay off investigators and uh, spent the next uh, 10 years trying to build it back up. Yeah. Um, so what ended up happening then was uh, my, my ex-wife and I ended up getting a divorce in about uh, 2015 or 16. And uh, we sold our, our house and, um, and then I, I got taken off of her company insurance plan, her health insurance. And the next month, lo and behold, I get in a major accident, a major wreck where I went driving through a guardrail on, on an interstate and uh, tumbled down the hill and crashed down at the bottom where they pulled me out. And I woke up in the intensive care unit for about a week and uh, had to start the business from there. Uh, when we sold the house, she took her money and bought herself a townhouse nearby. And I took my money and bought bug sweeping equipment. There you go. <laughs> Who made the better choice? <laughs> yeah, so that that was that's oh, a crazy story, man. I'm glad you're okay. That's that's pretty nuts. Yeah, it was five years ago last month that oh. uh, that that happened. You yeah. just never know, man. Life is so short, and um, especially if in, in our industry, right? We're road warriors. We're always out on the yeah. road doing things. It's uh, a lot know, of miles. You know, when you do fifty thousand miles a year driving around, something's bound to happen sooner or later. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm glad you, you, you pulled through. You. And, and uh, it, it's so interesting to see your journey as a business owner, too, and just, you know, making the pivots and, and dealing with recessions. I mean, I, I started my business in 2005, and I, I remember, you know, 07, 08, um, how things started to pull back. And, uh, you know, I every year I was growing by about 20 to 25%. And then the recession hit, and uh, you crazy crazy i like i still grew i only but i only grew at a 10 percent rate uh, but i also changed you know how i was doing business and and you know what i was focusing on um you know for me it's always been personal injury then that, that's my focus on the plaintiff side folks were always having accidents no matter how crappy the economy was they're still crashing their cars uh so i still had had work to do but it was definitely an, an eye-opener uh for me and and being an owner too and and you know seeing you go 
from many employees now to, to let, I assume less employees, or are you back up to, to those numbers? Oh, I am the debugging experts and I am Infomax investigations. Right. And I do both at the same time. And um, that's me. Yeah, it, it's so interesting to me because guys, Jim Nenos is the same thing. I interviewed him recently, um, but uh, just his story too. You know, like he's been just him and he's, he's had a whole team of people and it's like you go back and forth. You know, for me, it was just me in the beginning and then it was another person and I'm still on that, that growth rate. I think the most people I had working for me at one point was probably six and then like another three or four consultants. Um, and I'm, I'm a little bit less now. I think I'm like four yeah. with the three or four consultants now. I also had a, another bad experience being the business owner of Infomax Investigations and it turned into an employee nightmare. Yeah. And uh, it was it became a legal issue. It became a work comp claim on me and my company. It became right. a personal issue between him and I. And actually, so Infomax Investigations employee number 60 was the last employee I'll ever have. And wow. <laughs> That's now, if I need any help, I subcontract it out and somebody needs to. It's all preference. And I totally get it, man. I like, you know, uh, you always try and work smarter and not harder. And sometimes that means having less people, you know, because it, it's a responsibility to take, to take on employees and take on the responsibility of them providing for their families. And there, there's a lot of pressure behind that for sure. Oh, Matt, that is a topic you just touched on. It's huge. Yeah. Uh, stress of that meeting payroll every week for the 10 employees, trying to keep the cash flow wheel turning. Some clients don't pay as regularly as they should. The check doesn't come in when it should. Now you got to meet payroll, meet taxes. And, and so what ended up happening for that 10 years that I was big and had all those employees was half the time I didn't get paid. And so when like, you find out good now, business plan. <laughs> now I get paid every week and that's yeah. the beauty of uh, being by myself, even though sometimes yeah. it's it a little hectic. Yeah. I mean, you hedge all that stuff on, on credit lines and things like that, but still, you know, <laughs> yeah. I know like uh, before, before COVID, you know, I, I was in a growth phase and I was like, okay, so I'm going to, I'm going to invest in my company. And I started taking capital I was making in growing my business. Well, then COVID happened, right? So I was like, oh, crap, you know, like, here we go. Like, here's all this money I just put in is, is am I going to get it back? And I was like, I don't know, I'll just deal with it. You know, like, God will provide a way, right? <laughs> that was that was the way I was looking at it. And then PPP came, right? And it's like, that bailed me out. Uh, because, you know, I was getting my PPP money and I I, I was entitled to it. I You know, I had the losses. And and it, but, uh, you know, I was, I was getting... Um, you know, I was getting my clients back and, and the, the, what ended up happening is the money I was getting for, for the PPP ended up covering salary and it, and I had money left over that I could pay down my debt, which is what I did. So it, it almost like it, it was, it boomeranged me. It went, it went from going like, uh Oh, to <laughs> here we go. Uh, so we, we kind of went off on the tangent here a little, we are going to get back to the bug, uh, the bug sweeping stuff. Cause I, you know, I, I just, you know, you, you hit some points here when you were chatting and I was like, I can totally appreciate that. Um, yeah. being a business owner and, and, you know, trying to decide if I want to be the worker or be the owner. And, you know, that's, that's a constant struggle for me. You know, and one right decision now. that always has to be made too, is whether you want to do a certain specialty or a certain line of work or whether it's better to know the guy, yeah. know the other guy who can do that for you. Yeah. And bug sweeping is one of those that I that I took on because, you know, I found out that um, 
And you touched on this where not many investigators do this. And the reason for it is because the equipment is so expensive and literally I had to sell my house and people have to take out second mortgages to get some of these, these uh, machines and and product. But um, if you, you know, there's investigators that are going out with a $5,000 RF detector and, and calling that a bug sweep. But, you know, one of the things that, uh, that we say if you're in the know is if you don't have a spectrum analyzer, you really shouldn't be doing a bug sweep and you can't do a bug sweep properly without a spectrum analyzer. And that that alone was $36,000 from REI Research Electronics International out of Nashville. I feel like uh, e- Egon and, and, and Venkman are sitting there laughing because <laughs> it sounds like a Ghostbuster technology. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, so. the spectrum <laughs> analyzer is the one that uh, sees everything. Any, any radio frequency in the air, it picks it up. And, and so that actually is, you know, one of the things that, that gets me the jobs too, is because a lot of people, when they suspect that they are being eavesdropped on, or maybe they're being watched or they're, they're paranoid for whatever reason, they'll go to the spy shop and they'll buy a little RF detector for a 50 or hundred dollars. And then they, they go home and they find out that they have RF radio frequency in their airwaves and it's in their apartment somewhere. It's in their house, it's in their condo. And but they can't exactly track it down and they can't identify the frequency because those machines don't do that. Yeah. And then, so they end up calling me and they say, yeah, so there's RF in my place. I need you to come out. And I said, yeah, how did you, how do you know that? Well, I bought an RF detector from the spy shop. And I said, yeah, the thing is great. It does a great job. It tells you there's RF in your airways, but we already know that it's everywhere. You can't get away from it. It's all around us. Yeah, all turn the radio time. on. And, uh, <laughs> Tune into your radio dial. There you go. The ball game. There, there's some RF. Yeah. And so the RF detector is picking up radio stations and microwave ovens from neighbors and Wi-Fi's from right. the guy down the street. And so anyway, yeah, and as the spectrum analyzer will locate it and identify the frequency and, and hone in on it and find it. Yeah. And as things change, you know, as technology keeps changing, you know, it, there's only going to be more wireless stuff, there's going to be more, more of the, the, the goodies that uh, we have in our houses that, uh, that will, will throw all that stuff off. So the education keeps, keeps coming on where I got to keep going back for refresher course and learning more. And that's another thing, another expense that, you know, people don't think of and don't really know about that you gotta i go to nashville probably every year sometimes i've gone twice a year for a week at a time and that's that's another ten thousand dollar venture where you got to learn how to work the machines and and decipher the information and and read it and properly utilize it yeah i mean uh, i can appreciate that how serious those guys are down there you know because it's like it's a commitment man if you're gonna do it like you really need to do it i mean i i totally get it why you know, if you decide that you want to go down this route that, you know, there it's lucrative, but it's definitely an investment, um, for, uh, uh, you know, to get, to get the, uh, I guess to get everything off the ground and get, get going and then, then to stay, you know, it's almost like continuing education. Um, so we're going to pop out for a break. And when we come back, I want to really kind of talk a little more about that and really understand what this is, how it works. And as an investigator, when you get those phone calls, like how you should be calling that guy, you know, <laughs> uh, calling the deans of the world to uh, to really understand how to monetize um, that phone call and uh, Turn it leave, down. It, leave it to the experts, you know, no pun intended. Uh, so everybody sit tight and we'll be right back. Satellite Investigations is the premier investigation resource in New York State. 
founder Matthew Spare was named PI Magazine's Investigator of the Year. If you need investigative assistance in New York State, visit their site at SatellitePI.com. Get results, not excuses. Check out the PI Institute of Education at PIInstitute.com. Since 1989, Kelly Riddle has been teaching on subjects such as surveillance, nursing home investigations, insurance fraud, domestic investigations, hidden assets, and accident scene investigations. The PI Institute of Education is a featured learning partner in the investigatorstoolbox.com. So check out the free content on the site, then visit the Institute for more great savings on additional classes. Are you a member of NCISS? Do you know what this great organization does? The National Council of Investigation and Security Services was formed in 1975 to keep a watchful eye on legislation that affects our industry. Now more than ever, there are data privacy and DMV issues popping up all over the country. Consider joining and supporting this much-needed watchdog for our industry. Learn more at NCISS.org. Check out the latest issue of PI Magazine, available online or via hard copy. Visit PIMagazine.com to learn more. And welcome back to PI Perspectives. This is Matt Sperry, your host. Today, uh, I got a good pal of mine, uh, Dean Guth. I'm welcoming you back to the program, the debugging expert. How you doing, man? I'm excellent. I'm honored to be talking to Investigator of the Year last year. Uh, it was a sham. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Nanos is still cashing my checks. Crooked <laughs> voting. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but uh, no, I, incre- all joking aside, incredible honor for me um, just to um, you know put in a lot of work and, and I have a real passion for educating people. And, and um, I think this show is probably one of the reasons that the nomination was there. Um, and so I love doing it. You do an amazing job and, yeah. and everybody looks forward to it. I love doing it. I love chatting with people and um, just getting to know folks a little better and, and educating the listeners as to the types of investigators that are out there and, and people that have specialties and, and things. So today we are talking about debugging. And uh, prior to the break, you had teased a little bit about going down to Nashville and doing some training. Um, and for folks that are not familiar with that, can you break that down and what, what that looks like? Well, the equipment that, that is primarily used in bug sweeping or debugging is uh, is the spectrum analyzer, as I said, and then there's another device called the nonlinear junction detector. The nonlinear junction detector detects electronics, sniffs out electric devices, whether they're on or off or powered down or dead. And so if, if the device is transmitting, that's what the spectrum analyzer will find or their Andre, the uh, the RF detector will see that, but if it's dead and if it's powered down or remotely turned off, I mean, that's when you need to get this other device, the nonlinear junction detector. And the Cadillac version of all this equipment is made by REI. It's a company out of uh, suburban Nashville. It's actually called Cookville, Tennessee. And um, they, Research Electronics International makes the best equipment. So, so good that you know, that's the FBI uses it, the Secret Service, embassy security companies. I mean, when I went there for my training, I was in a class on one one of the my visits there. I was in a class with seven other investigators learning the equipment, and I was the only one from America. Really? The people in the class were from Saudi Arabia and Finland and England and Canada and uh, and one our embassy security guy from uh, Haiti. 
Wow. Was, uh, was there and they, they sweep, you know, their embassies with this equipment. This is the Cadillac version of everything. It's the best. So it is very expensive, but it's also very technical and you got to go learn how to work it. Right. Yeah. It's so interesting. You know, I, I guess they, they have a reputation, right. And, uh, you know, it, yeah. it's, it's not like you're going and buying something on Amazon, you know, it, it's, it's the real deal for sure. And, and it, the product is uh, so sought after and, and that people can't even find them for sale. You know, they don't get sold used on the aftermarket very often. If you want it, you got to go to REI and, and the spectrum analyzer, the Oscar, they call it is, is $36,000. Right. And the nonlinear junction detector is $16,000. And then, like I said, you got to go there and spend a week and take right. the class and learn how to work it. And, and to truth be told, I don't think I'm the only one to admit this. I had to take it more than once because you right. you'll learn maybe 50% of what that device can you do. And, and then you got to realize you've got to go take it again and you might learn three quarters of it. And maybe the third time you might have almost all of it. And, and that's where I'm at. This is uh, don't, don't feel bad, man. You passed the Illinois test on the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Good on that. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's something that they, they teach, they teach fast and you better, take it in fast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's a week long class. It's Monday through Friday. So it's Monday morning from eight 30 in the morning to 5 PM. And it's Monday through Friday. It's a long week. Yeah. So a I, lot of information. I, believe it. I gotta wonder if they're having like problems with chips and shortages and, and getting that equipment out too. If, if they're well, they make shortages. all their own stuff. So maybe not. I, yeah. I would doubt that literally their training facility and their offices are in front of their production warehouse and factory behind them. They build it all. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever's got that business model ever came up with that idea. I mean, it, it's a pretty penny, but people are paying it. And you know, it, it's not like you don't make that money back. I'm sure you've, you've, you've made that money back. Otherwise you wouldn't be doing what you're doing. Right. Yeah. And, and you did touch on a little bit ago about it being a little bit more lucrative than investigations and, and and I can you know, sum that up in, where if I were to make two or three thousand dollars doing surveillance, which we used to do, you know, workers' comp surveillance, which I still do, you know, that could take uh, three or four days to make a two or three thousand dollar invoice to put that together. And honestly, I can go out and do a bug sweep in one day and make two or three thousand dollars, and I might only be there four or five hours. Yeah, and depending on the size of the house and, and or the residence and. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about that for a second. So essentially it's based upon like square footage. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Right? That's how you guys do it. Right? When, when we get the call, we always ask that. And sometimes they don't know. We try to either get it from a tax assessor's document, if it's a house or, or a real estate transaction document. So you and I were talking offline during the break uh, about uh, some of the pitfalls, right? Or, or, or just some of the, the side results of, of doing the business and getting into it. And one of the things you said I thought was interesting is, is you know, most of the time you're not finding a device, right? You, you're going wow. through and, and you're doing the sweep and, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? It's kind of giving peace. It is rare. Time. I mean, honestly, if anybody's doing this business and saying that they're finding devices every time they go out, they're lying to you. Right. Um, you know, the calls that are coming in are people who are, afraid that they're being eavesdropped on. They suspect they're being eavesdropped on. They think they are. Maybe they're a little paranoid. Maybe we even get into some mental illness sometimes from the callers. 
But um, to actually go out and find a spy device or an eavesdropping device in the location is is rare. And uh, when we do, it's it's a celebration to be had for sure. But um, most of the time, we find out that there's, especially this day and age where the digital age is changing, where people are eavesdropping on their ex-spouse or their child custody case component with other means. And they're not putting a camera so much in a living room anymore or, or a right. microphone in a stuffed animal in, in the baby's room. They're right. doing it on the cell phone. It's a stellar device malware spyware issue or, or they're putting mm-hmm. keystroke bloggers on the computer. They're seeing the texts and the emails going through their, their laptop. So that's where we end up going down. We have to start somewhere. You have to take care of all the things. You got to clean up everything. And the first thing is usually the the residents know the residence is clean. We give them the peace of mind that their residence is clean. That, and then we start looking at the digital devices. So do you, do you find yourself getting into that world of cell phone forensics then? I thought I was going to go into that and I wanted to, I started doing that and I found out again, what I said before is sometimes you might want to think you're going to do something, but it's sometimes it's better to have a guy. Yeah. <laughs> I got, a, I got a couple, a couple people uh, that I've used in the past. Um, you know, Amber Schroeder's one that comes to mind yeah. at Parabin and Rob Freed, uh, Sandline right. Global, uh, two incredibly professional and great uh, organizations when it comes to doing that, that, uh, that type of work. Uh, talk about expenses. Those yeah. people who do that, the expense of their software and yeah. Celebrex, I believe is one of them. Yeah. And that's the key one in the Parabin. Right. That software costs so much, and it could be ten thousand dollars for the software, and then you have to pay a thousand or two thousand dollars a year for annual licensing fees. Yeah. So if you don't have that investment going on, you yeah. can't do that either. So there's another. Yeah, it's it's a whole thing, and and Parabin does the their whole conference every year uh, on on doing this stuff and training people up and and. Uh, and that is also very lucrative. But yeah. again, I find myself busy enough with the books. Yeah. I'll, no, I'll listen. call to somebody else. You, you would think that uh, it's like uh, you got to go down a checklist, right? Do this first, do that first, do this first, you know, and make sure you do that too. And, and uh, you know, it's like you get your, your your little piece of the pie, but there's other other parts that need to get done too, right? Well, we have to be connected. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the beauty of being together, working with other investigators in the, in the associations, whether your state mm-hmm. associations, the national associations. You have to know people and you have to have connections everywhere. You can't just uh, do a Google search for somebody and hope you're going to yeah. get the right guy. And that also means going to conference events, um, you know, Perfect. NCISS, NALI, Intelnet. Like these are conferences that, that if you want to have that, in, that national presence uh, or, or build those relationships, you know, you, you need to uh, go to things. I talk about even osmosis. I talk about all the time, like osmosis. That's not really my wheelhouse. I'm not really getting business out of going there, but I'm learning. I'm learning, you know, folks that are there doing things that I'm not doing. There's a lot of DOD people that, that go there. It's like, it's, it's cool to see technology and learn things and, and, and yeah. find out what the trends are. Right. Completely believe in that. I've always believed in that my 25 years being a, a private detective agency owner, I've always engaged in the associations, participated in them, uh, get involved in, in management, you know, the board member positions, like the officer positions. And, but yeah. going to the conferences and knowing the people, meeting friends across the country and then having relationships where you know who to call is, is 
the best and you and honestly you couldn't be in business without it i believe and and that is one of the successes i've enjoyed is is having these relationships yeah and you know we, we've served on um at least one board together at least one i can think of and it, it it's cool man it's cool having you in the room um and um you know i think you're you're you've got a real passion for that as well um ncss is the one that comes to mind for me and you know with what you do like there's an importance there for an organization like NCISS for, for you, you know, because privacy is such an issue. It's such a hot topic. Um, you know, educating politicians on exactly what a debugging expert does, you know, no, we're not the guys that are out there planting <laughs> listening devices. We're finding them. Right. I, I do <laughs> get that sure, call on occasion. <laughs> making sure they understand that, you know, like, um, Funny when I get that call, I have to quickly shut that one down and tell the person that would be a conflict of interest. That's exactly. my model. <laughs> exactly. We right. don't plant, we find, we remove. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, I, I can think of some funny stories I've, I've heard from uh, some people with regards to bugs and finding finding things and and all that other stuff. It's uh, most of the funny stories come in to play when we discuss the calls and the callers. And uh, um, unfortunately, a lot of people are, are suffering from some sort of mental illnesses and, and it might even be schizophrenia or there's there's a, a level below that, which is a, called uh, paranoid, paranoid, uh, I can't, I lost the train of thought on that one. But, That's all right. We're not, you're not a doctor, right? You're you yeah, Dr. Gluth. We might have to edit that out. <laughs> But uh, You're not I got it. I know. Let's start. Click back in. Prosecutorial <laughs> delusion. is the, There you uh, go. <laughs> so when, when you suffer from these things, you're just thinking people are watching you. And yeah. those, those calls are all the same. It's amazing to me. I could get 10 of those calls a year, but they'll all be exactly the same. It's the exact same script. They say the exact same thing. They say the exact same fears. And I could tell early on in that call that there is no device there and, and we're not going to find one. Well, you know what they're doing after they get off the phone with you? They're calling me because, you know, satellite investigation is the name of my company. So, you know, yeah. like I, I get these phone calls all the Your time. Your satellites are the ones spying on you. Yeah, I shut it down. I shut those calls <laughs> down. I'm like, I'm like, I don't have time for this, please. Yeah. So, um, uh, un unfortunately, I end up talking myself out of a lot of jobs. And because I feel for these people and I can tell there's a, there's a mental illness there. In fact, my daughter is uh, a high school psychologist and went and got her uh, graduate degree from Indiana University. And so I know that what the mental illness part of this is. And I, when I feel bad for these people, I cannot take their money. And they, they call and they tell me the situation and I, I try to let them down easily. I try to let them know what my feelings are and, and what yeah. they're telling me. And uh, I, I basically talk myself out of a job. And then they'll call back about a month later and now they're a little bit more worked up and they have to tell me more and this more of the things that happened and more of the things that made them upset and and i could tell her worked up but again i'll try i'll tell them let them down easy they'll call back a week or two later now they're crying and they're hysterics uh, they're hysterical they call me asking me they need me to do it and i said all right you know here's the only way i'm going to do this is if, if this gives you the peace of mind you need, if you need to know this, I'll come out and show you that there's nothing there. I'll prove to you that there isn't anything there. There's no device and we're not going to find anything. And if that's what you need to feel better to get through life, I'll be glad to do that for you. Yeah. And that, we end up getting there. 
<laughs> so that's where we are. Yeah, I, I've heard uh, Jimmy Messes has said the same thing, right? Uh, he's another guy that does bug, yeah, bug squeeze, he's right? He's the best. He's my mentor. He's your mentor, right? Out on the East Coast there. He handles everything nationwide. And yeah. and uh, he's so busy that uh, sometimes he gets things in the Midwest. He has to know the guy out here. And that's yeah. where I'm in. So. Well, you must be an expert then because we trust you to do, <laughs> do your stuff, right? Well, hopefully. Yeah. That's good, man. That's really good. Jimmy uh, Mathis I've, is actually the speaker who I saw speak at an NCISS conference who convinced me that this was the path to yeah. go down and this is what I should do. And I should make that transition and the pivot. Something yeah. you talked about earlier, when business change, when the economy changes, you got to you gotta make a move. And, yeah. and I read the book, Who Moved My Cheese? And uh, it's a famous managerial book that... Uh, yeah. I decided I needed to figure out where my cheese is. There you go. It was rich dad, poor dad for me. That's the one that inspired me to <laughs> yeah. start my business. I wish I read that one. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh that was a good one. I was, uh, uh, too young to not take a chance, you oh. know, like, so if it didn't work out, big deal, you know, it's like, it's not like you got a mortgage to worry about. I mean, I, I yeah. didn't. At that well, point, so like I said, I wish I read that one, put two girls through college and, uh, yeah. I was always the poor dad. That's all right. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's not too late. Um, yeah, it, I think with COVID also, you got to throw that into the mix with mental health, you know, and, and people being sheltered in place for, you know, almost two years, the paranoia of uh, Big Brother watching or, yeah, I'm working from home. Is somebody now watching me to make sure that I'm working from home? Like you you get that, right? Yeah. Um, and I can I can only imagine um the level of inquiries that you would get you know i think when people find out how much it costs that's the other thing too you get ton, tons of phone calls and you tell them the price and they're like "Ooh, I don't well, we, we don't exactly <laughs> talk price right away it and then uh, i'll usually answer that question with uh well it's it's not an inexpensive venture you're going down here yeah <laughs> and then we try to talk about the issues and then eventually we will have to figure out it's a what perfect square footage it is and how much it is per square foot and then that's when they have to sometimes think about it and sometimes call me back the next day do you find yourself getting calls from corporations uh, with regards to like business meetings and, I, and trade secrets and stuff like that business business uh, corporate offices and the executive offices the, the cfo office the ceo office yeah i've done that yeah. I get those calls. Those are the primary calls to get. Those are the ones that we would like to land more of than they than pay. The <laughs> I mean, God, it's like right off for them. Um, and and I have proudly uh, done uh, a couple of corporation jobs that uh, I did a couple of years ago. That um, you know, you always hope that you get the repeat business, or they want to come back and redo the venture, and right. and I get the call. And I just did one uh, another repeat job where they said, "Let's do it again." And I said, All right, "That's what we're talking about. That's the call you want to get." I thought you were going to say that you were proud that you found like you know ten different devices at the <laughs> one of the instances that you were doing research. Well, that that CEO is just happy to know that uh, his his office is is clean. So yeah. No, it's, apparently it's, whatever cost is worth it to him and i go up there peace of mind right you gotta you gotta figure it out um yeah and th those are the easier calls to have because you're not the psychologist also you know it's uh you know that that's one of the reasons i i, I try and stay away from that kind of work i stay away from matrimonial stuff i like i don't i'm not a therapist man i can't i can't take the time to 
guide somebody one way or the other. It's just not my, not my MO, right? Taking the time is part of it because you got to hear the year long story and uh, you got to figure out how to cut that down and stop, stop the babble. And let's talk, let's get to the point here. So I, I, uh, it's funny you say that. So I had an instance where somebody was working for me uh, doing a job uh, in the last few weeks and he's, he's kind of on the newer side and like we're still training. He's doing an amazing job, but um, he was sitting down with somebody and he, the, the meeting took like over three hours. And I was like, Hey man, like I can't, can't build for that. I can't build three hours of my client. Like, why did you take so long? He's like, the guy wouldn't sign anything or do it until he told his story. He was insistent that I sit there and listen to word for word. He's like, it was agonizing. <laughs> I was there for so long. I was yeah. Like, yeah, just text me or call me. I would have gotten you out of it. Hey, my boss says, wrap it up. Yeah. You know, like you could have done it that way, but he's like, no, the guy was like really insistent. And at the end of the Plan day, escape route next time. Yeah. I mean, it was a good learning experience for him. Um, you know, I obviously paid him for the time he was there, you know, so it's like money coming out of my, my pocket, but, uh, but I get those, those calls are always longer than, than I wish they were. And, uh, they always have to tell me the five-year history when all I really need to know is, is the five day history. Yeah. So, so before we wrap things up, what do you think are a few mistakes that investigators make, um, when they get these phone calls and, um, Either they try and do things themselves or, or um, they don't lower well, the, the hammer to bring in the expert. Yeah, most often, and, and I was probably guilty of this initially too early on, when you get the call and they, maybe I get the call for a criminal defense investigator or, or do a, a honesty shop in a retail center. I said, I don't do that. And then I might give them the name of somebody who can, but uh, um, and then give up that job and give up that price. But uh, what I've been telling people for the past five years now is you all do bug sweeps. All you investigators are bug sweepers. You can put that on your website. You can put that on your, on your business card. And when you get that call, you don't say no, because if you say yes, you call somebody like Jimmy and Mrs. out in the East coast, or, or you can call me in the Midwest. And, uh, and then I'm sure there's guys out in the West coast and even in the South who, who do the same and they will give you the referral fee. You take the call, you say, I'll have my investigator get right back to you. And then I call them and we get the job and then I cut you a 20% referral check. Sounds like you sat in on a message marketing. Uh... <laughs> I just, I just write checks to investigators and I'm proud yeah. to say that uh, this year alone, I've written over $12,000 in referral checks to investigators and they just cashed a check doing nothing. All they did was took in a call and called me. That's and, great. Uh, and I land the job and then I send them a check and that's what everybody needs to be doing is and thinking that I do bug sweeps. Everybody yeah. does bug sweeps now and you just need to know who to call to do it. Yeah. And I guess what it comes down to, like, don't waste your money on buying stuff. If you're not going to do it, if you're not going to go down to Nashville and, and, and make that in investment, you really yeah, shouldn't that, do that it. I, I, I think if I remember correctly, I did talk to Jimmy a while back and I think he said his, the must-have piece of equipment, I think, was the Oscar. Do you feel that the same way on that too? Or? Yeah. Is, is that the, the must-have? That's exactly what I was alluding to earlier, that if you don't have a spectrum analyzer and what REI calls their Oscar, mm -hmm. you have an Oscar green and an Oscar blue, uh, if you don't have a spectrum analyzer, if you don't have the Oscar, we like to say you shouldn't be doing bug sweeps. You shouldn't be going out and calling yourself a bug sweeper if you don't have yeah. the oscar or the spectrum analyzer there's other versions there's some that come from england and some maybe 
that maybe are made in Saudi Arabia, but uh, the Oscars are an American version of the Cadillac, and uh, and we love it. And, yeah. and again, if you don't have it, you shouldn't be doing it. Sure. Do they uh, offer financing? I'm curious <laughs> if you could finance all that yeah. stuff. No, no we're cash only. you got to find on your own. And that's something I had to take a loan out. <laughs> there you go. Right, we're not a bank. Uh, that's yeah. probably a good revenue stream for them. <laughs> you should think about it. <laughs> I'm sure that they probably thought about that and they yeah. probably thought that that's not something they want to deal with. Yeah, because I would think there'd be a lot of defaults. <laughs> it would be a collection <laughs> issue for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Who wants to do that? Exactly. Um, all right, man. So I think we're going to uh, wind down here. Uh, this was great, Dean. I, I really appreciate you coming on and just uh, giving us a little taste of well, of what the debugging life is like. Um, well, I'm not sure that we talked much about debugging or bug sweeping, but yeah. uh, a lot of the uh, peripheral image, you know, issues are yeah. what we talk about most, I think. Yeah. So how, how do folks get a hold of you if they do want to specifically ask well, some questions? www.thedebuggingexperts, all one word, T-H-E, debugging experts, with an S plural, is, is my website. Um, and my contact information is on there. Mm -hmm. I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm also on Facebook. Um, right. Hopefully, you follow us, like us on Facebook. And, uh, and then uh, my phone number is 847-301-1475. That area code 847 is uh, Suburban Chicago. Awesome. Um, but again, I, I'll go to the job. We, we some, we'll have to put a travel expense on a job that's far away. And sometimes there aren't anybody, any investigators with spectrum analyzers and, and I got to travel. And yeah. I have gone, you know, nine hours up to uh, Minneapolis and I've gone nine hours south into Tennessee. I've, I've gone into Ohio and, and out to Iowa. So, um, you know, you go where, where the job takes you and, and you got to put travel expenses on there. If the client needs it done, they'll pay it. Sounds like you feel more comfortable driving your equipment than flying with your equipment. Yeah, I honestly don't know how the national boys do that. And yeah. uh, I, I would be so afraid of TSA messing up my equipment that yeah. that I think I would rather drive. I'll, I'll do the 18-hour drive rather than risk my equipment yeah. getting bounced around the airport. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. So. All right, man, we're going to wind down here. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, we'll catch everybody next week on the next show. Thank you, man. Thanks to Dean for jumping on and giving us some information on the world of debugging. It certainly is a financial investment to do it the right way. We'd also like to thank Crosstracks, NCISS, PI Institute of Investigation, and Satellite Investigations for sponsoring our show. So please support our great supporters. Have you thought about joining Investigators Toolbox? Now's the time to get on board and join the fastest growing digital community for investigative professionals. Just use code PIP201836 to save 10% on membership. If you have a question or a comment about the show, just email Matt at MatthewS at SatellitePI.com. And you can also find him on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. We'd like your feedback to bring you the best shows possible. And we'll be back next week with a new show. So make sure you tune in and stay safe out there. <laughs>